Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Robots Radio presents... Welcome to the Cyberpunk Lorecast, where style is just as important as substance. Welcome to the podcast where we explore the lore, news, and gameplay of the cyberpunk games and other dystopian worlds. I'm your host, Robots. Cyberpunks, it is time again for the Cyberpunk Lorecast. I'm your host, Tom, or Robots, with my co-host, Captain Logan, and we are here as always on Sunday night on twitch.tv slash robots radio, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Logan, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. I'm having I'm having a really good time in Cyberpunk lately. I've just been going through and checking out how the game plays. Uh, I've been spending a lot more time on my nomad. I think I'm about 20, 23 or 24 hours on my nomad playthrough. So I just finished up the heist mission today uh, just to kind of see how things are interacting. But overall, we got a, a lot of stuff to kind of cover yeah. this week. It's been kind of a crazy week for cyberpunk. Like I wasn't yeah. expecting this much news. Um, so I'm, I'm raring to get into it. Right. We had like a, I don't know, like a dearth of content over like the last month. It was just kind of crickets from the studio. Yeah. And then all of a sudden now we've got the the patch drop. We had the patch. Okay, so before we get into any more details here, two things. One, we're going to talk 1.2 patch some more because last episode they didn't give us any information about like these are the four things we're going to show you in this article plus like 150 more other things like they didn't say that in the article so if you were with us I, we got a number of people chiming in on the last episode like yeah yeah you guys are totally right on totally right on totally right on and uh yeah we were totally right on until we realized hey there's a bunch of other stuff going on and now i'm going mm, if only we had known so maybe we weren't right we're gonna discuss this that, I mean, I I think that what happened was, you know, they put out what they thought people would want. And turns out people didn't actually want that. They just wanted the cold, hard <laughs> no. facts. Right. Just give me the cold, hard facts, ma'am. Uh, so, you know, when we when we get this and it's a it's the, you know, patch one point two is like three hours worth of reading. Then Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's almost, it's almost like they realized like, Oh, people don't want the cheek right now. They don't want the, the, you know, the, the quips, they don't want that, that fluff. They just want to know, how are you going to make this game fixed? Yeah. And I, I'm going to be honest, man. When I, when I saw this go up, I started reading through it. I read every single line twice by now, at least. And I've probably forgotten more of the patch notes than I actually <laughs> have retained at this point. Uh-huh. But I'm very happy with this. Like, yeah. this this is exactly what I wanted. I even went on Twitter, which big surprise there, right? I uh, went on Twitter <laughs> and reached out to the community managers. And I was like, thank you for this. Thank you for just putting... A list just a, a like I, yeah. I don't even care this feels like 
whoever was working on the bugs, like the the, the bug managers, you know, it, it looks like they just took like the last three months worth of work that was going on with the studio. And they're like, all right, copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste. And they just took everything mm-hmm. that every single one of the devs were working on. And even if it was just a minute thing, like fixed multiple visual issues in quest briefings, like that is that is a developer note. And they're just like, all right, that's going in the patch notes. Yeah. Because that's yeah. what people want. Yeah. And, and there's and there's a good reason that that's what people want is it's what we want is to know, like, yes, you guys are taking this seriously. Yes, you're squashing all these bugs. And yes, you're updating the game in order to get it in, in a direction that we're hoping it's going to go. That's what people wanted to know. People didn't want like cute little article about how they you did these four little updates that really don't amount to a whole lot of anything. Like, that's not what people yeah. want. People want to know that, like, we as a developer are taking this seriously and putting all of our effort into making this game what we promised it would be, or at least what you perceived the promise to be, depending yeah, on who exactly. you ask, right? Um, so yeah. we're going to get into this a little bit more. The second half of the episode, we actually have a really interesting article, and I don't want to... I don't want him to glaze over this because I want you to know about this at the beginning of the episode, because if if this episode goes long and do realize after the mid break, we're going to talk about a really interesting post from a Redditor talking about what may be a really good justification for why we ended up with the content in the game that we did organized the way it is and how that may actually have related to what was originally supposed to be a different life path missions and that kind of thing so we're going to get into that later but yeah let's talk about this patch so you've spent some time on it on the different consoles um i've spent some time with it on pc i have had almost no issues in the the number of hours that i've played so far almost no problems at all there was one thing that popped up and you know what it was so insignificant that i don't even remember what it was it was like there was a something glitch or a character did something weird no t poses no crashes frame rate after playing for a few hours at a time didn't dip that was a problem that i was having before is that the game would just kind of steadily get worse that wasn't an issue gunplay felt felt fine the quests worked i loaded into a character that i already had that was kind of midway through the game that worked i loaded into the one of the saves i had at the very end of the game in space that worked I finished that. I went back to uh, the the screen where it says you can continue playing, but we'll have to load the save before you went into the endgame stuff. That worked. Went on some more missions from there. Everything has been totally fine on my experience on on my you know fairly high end PC build. So how's your experience been? So far, it's been really good. Like I, I went onto my one X and I picked up on my nomad and started to go through some of the missions, just kind of working on uh, different, um, different kind of like gang activity things, nothing too major, just cleaning out some missionary missions here and there. Uh, just kind of working my way through the side quests before I really dive into the heist. Cause I've been kind of holding on to the heist uh, mission with my nomad. I've been wanting to level up and, and just kind of see how the game plays and interacts and get a little more uh, levels and engineering, things like that under my belt before I did that mission. So I, I went through that mission and you know, as you're kind of running around the world, um, I, I, you tend to notice that stuff with the, mm-hmm. the interactions. So playing on my Series X and playing on my One uh, X, I was really happy to see that everything that they put in the show notes 
feels like it actually was in the changed. Patch um, notes. The show, we, we have show notes as a podcast, but as a, in the patch notes. Or yeah, sorry, yeah. sorry. Uh, <laughs> I do sorry, that too. I, I did a video earlier and I referred to it as in this podcast. <laughs> it was a video. Yes. And I was like, ah, crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like, you know, when I, when I was going through all the patch notes and then I was actually playing through it, I was testing out certain things as far as like interactions. A lot of the, the, the kind of discussion around like AI with uh, people, with NPCs, with cars, things like that. Mm -hmm. So I drove around, I drove around a lot and I shot some people to test out like the cops to see how that <laughs> murdered worked. some people, you know, murdered, murdered some innocents. That's yeah. great. Yeah. You know, check to see how it goes. And I, I was really surprised that, um, yes, the cops interactions, uh, are definitely a little more normal. I still kind of lean back to a couple episodes ago when we were talking about some of the ideas that they could use to actually, uh, to actually kind of increase the, mm -hmm. the system to actually make the system better and, and give us a chance to, to see like what's actually going on and deal with witnesses, things like that. Um, and I'm, I'm really happy right now, at least with this patch, as far as the interactions, you know, I didn't have any weird things where people were like trying to get avoid, uh, trying to avoid getting hit by a car and accidentally jumping into the car. Uh, you know, I didn't have any weird interactions <laughs> where, uh, people were just like, you know, they were huddling or running or getting, you know, clipping through things. I didn't notice any kind of weird bugs, like sitting on your car, your motorcycle or getting into cars, like things were loading things were uh interacting properly i had much much better like visual recognition of what was going on when things were going on i i do have to caveat this that this that right now the game feels like it's in a good state that it should have been launched at like this is right now this is the, the patch that makes the game feel like a complete game could they have made improvements to systems and to flesh out different things to kind of build the world up and make it more alive the way that they wanted to totally yeah uh, could that still be coming down the line now yeah actually it could so I, i'm just happy that they are taking a lot of the feedback because uh, even with stuff like the crafting system that's kind of been like you know the hill that i die on for the most part with, <laughs> right. the, with the with the podcast so yeah. have you listened I'm to the happy. show before if you haven't listened to the show before that is his hill that is the yeah yeah <laughs> If, if you didn't know, I'm a, I'm a big proponent of them actually rehashing the crafting system. And they did. They went in, they changed mm -hmm. a lot of the values, a lot of the costs uh, to making items. They, they improved the UI to an extent. Uh, they went in and allowed you to actually, actually craft multiple things. Um, and they gave you an idea of what was technically crafted and what wasn't. Uh, and they also gave you better interactions in the menu. And I, I think that goes a long way to say uh, that, they, that they understand that what the state of the game was when it launched it was not where they wanted it to be they've really listened to the feedback in this case and are actually implementing things that the community has done with mods but also bringing that to console which is a huge huge for those of us uh our, our 50 percent that are being able to to play this on on just regular consoles and stuff so i'm really happy with this right. um I, I still have little things here and there like being able to craft components, uh, multiple ones at the same time. It's great that I can make as much ammo as I want in one go. It's great that I can make as many, uh, you know, um, um, heal boosts or health boosts as I want in one go. But if I can't, you know, make components multiple at one time, it really kind of hinders my ability to craft higher level items to be able to sell those because at the current state still, there's no good way to earn gold once you've completed all of the missions. So there really needs to be 
a little more attention to detail. Um, but just based on the you know thousand plus fixes that they've put into the patch notes, <laughs> right. they really they really did just kind of like take the you know we were worried about them not putting the whole team on the uh, on the game as far yeah. as like fixing yeah. it and stuff like that. Four that four the, fixes felt like who what how many people do they're working on this? And then yeah, now the thousand plus whatever number the actual number is 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 way yeah. more like oh okay they had the whole team working on this good you yeah, know that's, really did. this is what that's supposed to look like thank you yeah so and as far as performance goes i i think that the game plays great now i think i haven't run into any issues other than i think on the the one x uh the load screens that you get when you're getting into the game um and it kind of has that that bit of dialogue and it changes it's it's a uh, dynamic to, based on where you are in the story those still aren't loading uh properly hmm. the the i don't know what it is but some of those just don't load and it cuts to the next one and sometimes that one will load but eventually you get, just get into the game and it doesn't matter so I'm not sure what's up with that, but it's a minor thing. Um, so overall, though, I, I think if you're playing on a standard system, you're going to run into that problem where textures aren't going to load in right away. Like there is going to be some LOD pop in. Yeah, that's a, that's a given. So will the game work? Yes. Does it play as well as it probably can for the most part? Yes. Is it worth picking up at this point? Hell yeah, especially if it's on sale. Mm -hmm. um i don't know how people are going to buy it on playstation though uh if you can track down a physical copy i guess but yeah well i guess that's the next question is um how much longer till they're able to get back on the store and will this update you know will that be enough for for sony to be like okay green light you can go back on the store um i'm sure they have to do testing and be thorough about that too so it might just take a little while yeah I also kind of wonder how much of it is Sony trying to kind of punish, you know, put put CDPR in the corner until they realize like what they've done. Right. Because they, they did they did take advantage of that that QA uh, approval, like having that rapport with the company and saying like, all right, this game's good to go. And then not actually, you know, they passed QA to, to get this the, the game on the store, but they cost Sony a lot of money and Sony was not prepared to deal with that high amount of refunds. And they kind of threw Sony under the bus. My, Microsoft was great. They were just like, all right, that's fine. Whatever. We already have a system in, in place for this kind of thing. But hmm. Sony really doesn't uh, deal with refunds for digital purchases. So having them actually have to do that, I feel like maybe cyberpunk not being on the store right now might be kind of a thing like hey you know you, you really kind of did us dirty on this one so you're gonna have to wait for a while yeah here's your dunce you hat come back. you just gotta sit yeah. in the corner for another 15 more minutes while the other kids laugh at you yeah you did this to yourself yeah pretty much pretty much but i i think this is enough to get them back on the store i really do oh it's, yeah it's been a long time if it's not breaking systems and it's running well then what else can they do to make it run? You know, like, I mean, yeah, maybe every, you can always optimize things to run a little bit better. But at, at this point, like, what is the actual problem with having it on the system if it's not, yeah, you know, ruining anybody's systems or experience? Um, yeah. So we're going to get into a little bit of the more you're going to get into a little bit of the more specific detail on some of these patch notes. Correct. <laughs> Yeah, I wanted to and, dive into the console specific stuff. Yeah, um, and before we do that, I, I just want to make a, a little side note here. After they issued the patch and it came out with all the notes, 
it was like a day or two later where they actually addressed some questions about um actually they put out a statement and then followed up with some questions on twitter and some stuff um about what they're going to do to restructure the studio and what they said in that post was one there's probably not going to be a standalone multiplayer game coming out later which we've talked about for a long time i've for a long time have said if they were smart they would continue development on this in order to use this as a foundation for some sort of multiplayer future thing that ties back into this game um and that they will be continuing to do both cyberpunk and witcher content and that they will be dividing the studios up in order to continue um expanding these worlds and and creating more content for these games so uh and those weren't the exact words but it gave me the sense that they've been listening to this community and maybe even our podcast when we were saying things like you have a foundation you have a world you have systems in place build out those systems and then allow people to multiplay or role play in that world that that's what people want and if you can build stories in there too great but that seems like that might be one of the plans that they're going to move forward with yeah i i hope so i i mean a, a lot of people really weren't happy when they announced that they were going to be uh adding microtransactions to the game and then cdpr was like oh no 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 no, no. this is just for the multiplayer and we're like wait what do you mean just for the multiplayer isn't the multiplayer going to be part of the main game mm -hmm. like, oh no it's going to be a separate game and it's like why yeah why why, why does it need to be Right. Like, why can't you just add it to what you have? Like, right. how is the system set up? And that's when we started to learn after modding came out that people were like, oh, you don't have a head. It's just a camera. Right. And you're like, ah, I see. Yeah. That's why it's a separate game because they haven't, they haven't built this game. They haven't had enough time to make this game set up so that you actually can have multiplayer jump in. They right. have to build that whole functionality. So at this point, when I hear them talking about bringing on a new studio to help kind of do this, I I can see why they're doing that. They've got Gwent, they've got Witcher 3, they've got the, uh, the, the next gen version of that coming out soon. Plus they want to start working on Witcher 4, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. And I imagine that they want to continue working on Cyberpunk. They've got two DLCs planned plus an anime coming out in 2022 yeah. they need this game to survive they've banked so hard on it at this point you can't just cancel an animation studios you know project you've got contractual obligations <laughs> to that right right yeah you so can't just I, throw out the I, property and be like well we're done with cyberpunk yeah so that's when i when i hear stuff like this like they're working on more of an agile system that they're going to start implementing changes to the way that their engine works so that they can add uh, multiplayer to, to games that are currently existing i'm like good that's awesome it mm -hmm. sounds like you have a better idea of what the hell you want to do with this game you at know, this point because it's yeah. all wonderful but at the same time there's part of me that's like welcome to 2016 pretty much right? you know, I'm like like how many other games have been doing this for the last two three four years now you know like yeah. like isn't this what destiny 2 does isn't this what you know like yeah you can play through the content of the story by yourself if you want right but then there's mm -hmm. this whole other component that's multiplayer that you're able to release extra stuff for or charge microtransactions for cosmetics you know isn't isn't this what 
you know, isn't this what Fallout 76 is doing? Isn't this where the direction of most MMOs are headed is more towards yeah. something like this than something that's a hardcore, you know, wow ripoff? Um, yeah, isn't this what GTA and Grand, uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 are at this point? Well, let's even take a let's let's take one of the I think one of the major issues is that the game is in first person, which is you know you can have your choices about that uh, depending on that. But I, I look at a company like Sucker Punch, who are who who made Ghost of Tsushima. They developed Ghost of Tsushima. And also built a multiplayer mode in with that. Yeah. They had both ready at launch, but they waited a month to release the multiplayer content for free. And it's at, at that point, I'm like, that is brilliant. This is a well-developed, open-world, single-player adventure game that just happens to have a multiplayer mode built on top of it that is accessed within the game and also outside of the game that you just... It just works. It just works beautifully. So, I mean, it's not unheard of to think that, okay, well, yeah, you're not making GTA, but Cyberpunk's going to be a single player content. It's like, eh, yeah, but other companies are still building multiplayer experiences tacked on and having it ready before it launches. So, what's really the issue here? Is it that they needed to get this game out? before the big push for next gen because you didn't have the next gen console patch ready because mm -hmm. that's what it feels like it feels yeah. like this game had to get out at the as close to when the next consoles are launching because that was going to be your biggest audience that was where you're going to get the most amount of money for the versions that you're getting and hope that the next console versions uh, are going to alleviate some of the pains of the lower end systems that can't run this game the way you wanted it to because you just let scope got way out of hand right right again it's so, it's designed by committee yeah. it's it's designed by uh you know the board that's looking at the economics and not uh the and we've been on the develop the individual developer side of this the whole time you know like the developers put their hearts and souls into this this game has very very granular detail but you can tell and we'll get into this in the second half of this episode that there are hints that like they had to make sweeping changes and cuts just to get this thing out the door and it is not really the thing that they were shooting for in the long run and had the developers been given the time and resources to do what they wanted to do the game would be very different than what we got but it just had to get yeah. pushed out and so we've talked about that a hundred times but let's let's move into the um your, your thoughts on specific console focused patch details yeah so i touched on a few of these um i wanted to read through some of the console specific stuff because this is where i think a lot of the people are having the issues pc feels great for the most part as i was reading through some of the pc specific stuff it sounds really nice you know enabled ray tracing on amd cards that's awesome yeah. good 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 for you guys uh having more key bindings for stuff um just having a lot more options for that uh having achievements built in for like the epic store uh, modding there's new uh mod folder now so that they're trying to build functionality they, they basically realize that the modding community is their bread and butter for where the biggest pain points are for the game so yeah. they're really trying to facilitate uh that that aspect of it for folks and giving you the opportunity to really kind of bump up the graphics if that's what you want so thank you pc folks out there that yeah. are out there doing yeah. the, doing the, the the hard work of you know building out these mods to try and make the game feel uh easier to play less less stress and and um, if they're smart to jump in here real quick if they're smart they yeah. will let the mod community keep the game alive give them ideas to implement in game and and potentially even hire the people who are solving those things for them. 
Yeah, like definitely that community wants to be contributing to this game, surviving and growing and becoming better. So let them let them do that. And then if you can work with them, awesome. So, yeah, it's my two cents on that. Yeah, the the benefit there is, is that the PC PC uh, players, they, they tend to get the best version of the game if you're willing to, to do, dive into the mod community and, and take advantage of those mods. Well, uh, the, and also the draw- and also the, you know, the beta ist version where they're just playing with glitches and seeing if it crashes and trying mods True. out and seeing if they work. So there's it's a double edged sword. But yes, if they do work, yeah, then yeah, they're getting the best version of the game. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the console side of this is actually really nice to hear. Um, right off the bat, you're seeing a lot of discussion around the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One versions of this. Uh, some of the things that I know that we've talked in the past about, things like uh, one of them is various memory handling optimizations on Xbox. Uh, glad to hear that. Mm-hmm. Um, fix a fixed an issue that could cause the game to become unresponsive when pressing A immediately after deleting a save on Xbox One. Like... How does that it, stuff like this that gets through through um, through QA uh, fixed an issue that caused the oh. game to zoom in when pressing pause on PlayStation 4 Pro and Xbox One X? I've had that issue. Uh, there's been a lot of issues where um, I'm trying to see where it was that was actually like causing the issue. There was one where we were talking about how the uh, various NPCs and streaming elements like that as that's been improved. I noticed that on my one X things were uh, loading in faster than they were prior to the patch. Uh, There was definitely one where we had an issue where when you got out of a car, you immediately resumed in. Uh, and, and it's like you either had to pull out your gun and, and ADS down it, or you had to try and tap the um, the actual uh, uh, cyberware uh, scan feature mm-hmm. to, to try and bring it back out. And it's it's just it's nice, like reading through here and seeing that you know there's various uh, environment streaming and input and output for for improvements for that. Mm-hmm. That's great. Fixed multiple issues with random game freezes. Thank you. <laughs> uh, fixed issues on PS4 whereby corpses with head dismemberment could glitch out. Stopped NPCs from moving after they've been killed. Like these are all things that you just expect out of the game. Yeah. And when we first got the patches and or the patch suggestions that were going to come and they're talking about a rock and roll subsistence for vehicles i'm like no please don't make that your priority (laughs) right 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 there's Um, all these other things that you could be doing well good they were doing them (laughs) good yeah 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 and and there's so like i mean as i was going through these i was looking at the list of uh quest fixes and i was just it was absolutely insane just like going through in and it really, and we were talking a little bit before the uh, the show kicked off, but mm-hmm. as I was reading through all of the different quests that had been touched, a lot of the quests had actually been uh, the same quest, but different aspects of that quest had been uh, tweaked or ran over. So it literally feels like they had their QA team play and test through every single quest multiple times and jotted down notes just like you would in QA about all the weird interactions that you ran into. And then they took each individual quest and then went and cleaned up those bugs and then tested it again. Cause there's a lot of bugs that are fixed for the same quest, which mm-hmm. tells me that they, that they really, really played around with some of these uh, quests. And I'm really happy because that was, that was one of the main issues that I think I've heard a lot from folks is that they aren't playing the game because something broke when they were doing a quest and they can't progress through it. Right. That's the worst. Stuck. Yeah. Yeah. 
I so got I, I got um, permanently stuck in uh, the Dragon Age Inquisition yeah. a number of years back because I was, I don't know, two thirds oh. through the game and I got into a quest that I had to accomplish. And every time I got into that map and about halfway through that quest chain where I'm fighting all these monsters trying to get to whatever, uh, my whole PC would crash. It would crash my whole system. And it yeah. did it like five or six times. And by then I was Man. just like, and I even waited for a patch and updated patch, updated my drivers, all the things I could do. And by then I was just like, okay, well, I'm not gonna play this anymore. And I never went back to try it again to see if I could actually run it. Um, which is unfortunate because it's a good game. Yeah, it's a real shame when that kind of thing happens. I mean, you know, back in the day when we had cartridges, if this happened, you know, good luck, maybe restart the game, hope that you don't run into that bug again. But, yeah. you know, we didn't have auto saves, you know, saving the game every, you know, five minutes or so. Yeah. But just kind of going through a lot of these, um, there's way too many for folks to really kind of just go through and read all at once. And, and unfortunately, with a way of the way that they've kind of done the notes, it's all based on storm or on quest names. So, like, I remember Riders of the Storm. I thought that was a really awesome uh, quest. So when I read, you know, like fixed an issue where Saul had the rifle attached to his hand right after the car chase in Riders of the Storm, I remember, oh, OK, I I understand what they fixed in that. That's good. That's a, a quality of life. Um, but the the general gist that I'm getting from all of the, the quest fixes, all of the different things that they've done, is that they are trying to make the game feel natural, feel alive, where you don't have weird interactions, like somebody checking their phone and then putting their phone away. And then when they bring their hand back out, their phone is still there, but they're lighting a cigarette. And you're like, that okay right. weird that looks stupid thanks for not fixing that and it, it as i read through this it's a lot of little stuff it's it's a ton of little stuff like fixed interaction with getting out of the car uh and having you know a, a gun stuck to your head or something stupid like that but mm -hmm. it's like you know that a grenade stuck in your game. nose Oh, yes. Wait, that's supposed to be there. <laughs> wait, that's oh, okay. That makes sense. Fair. <laughs> that was maybe, maybe that's um, supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that yeah. was supposed to be on his nose. Yes. I love that one. But yeah, they they've gone through in, in, like a weird one. Uh, bump reaction for friendly NPCs has been disabled. That it's a weird one that they did that, but I can kind of appreciate that they went and went to that trouble to actually just disable that because mm -hmm. it's a friendly NPC. If you're bumping into Jackie, you don't want him to be like, Hey, watch out, man. You know, right. You Every just, time you it, do it or yeah. yeah. Or to treat you like a stranger. What are you doing? Yeah. Anyway, as that I was is, saying, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, well, that was really out of character. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is one thing that I, I do. I do want to see added to the AI for the NPCs is I, I really would love to have different or different. Oh, there's no way to do this. They would have to go in and actually record different VO for this. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the interactions with the NPCs are all the same. And I know there's a ton of VO and I and I appreciate the hell that a lot of it is VO. But man when you talk to two different people and they say the same thing and the first person saying something and you talk to the other one and they say the same thing and it starts to overlap i'm like that's that's a, like there's no proximity thing it's an id thing like recognize yeah. where those two id trackers are in the world if they're in close proximity don't have them say the same thing that is the initial thing you say when you when you walk up and talk to someone. like little things like that that could be fixed and hopefully will and right. based on the the huge list of notes that we got here 
those are the little things that they're looking for. Those are the little things that are going to bring this game to to a point where we feel really like it's alive. And I'm and I'm happy that we're starting to actually see that because there's some big systems that I think need to get brought into the game for that kind of a system for that kind of a desire to be implemented. Um, but I, I kind of want to share more thoughts on that, like when we actually dive into the the Reddit post and stuff. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I would consider uh, the, there's always a question of like, if you work in software development, what does polish actually mean? Because it's kind of a, a vague statement, but I would consider something yeah. like two NPCs saying the same intro line one after the other when they're in close proximity, a polished detail, right? It's yeah. not, it doesn't ruin the game if it happens. It doesn't break anything and it is 100% playable, but it does, if anything, it does break the perspective of the world, your your illusion that this is a real place. And so that, that would be a level of polish. A, a really good example of what a polished game feels like is Hades. Uh, when, when you play I through play, Hades. I've been wanting to pick it up. Should I pick it up? It's it? really good. How much is I, it right I, now? Play, I'm going to look it up right now. I don't know. Look you it like up. Diablo. It's yeah, a Diablo dude. game. Yeah, yeah. It is a, it is yeah. a Diablo I've watched, I've watched it play a little bit. Um, and it's been on but sale, I, and I, I almost got it for the Switch, and then I just didn't. I love it on the Switch. I think it play, plays really good on the Switch. All right. It's like uh, it's still well. full price right now on PC. I'll yeah. see if anybody has find, it on sale. Find a good deal. But yeah, so with that game, there is a ton of voiceover for that. There's not a huge amount of characters, obviously not compared to like Cyberpunk, uh, but this is an indie game. So, you know, you kind of expect that there's a limit to that. Plus, a lot of the NPCs are voiced by like one dude. So it's one of those situations. But the difference between what I was talking about and with Hades is when you talk to the NPCs, because every time you die, you go back to Hades's uh, palace or his his home. You know your home essentially, and there's always the same NPCs in there. They're always sometimes they leave, sometimes they come back, but you they're always the same people. But every time you talk to them, they have something new to say. And I I've yet to run into a situation after the hours worth of playing where they are saying the same exact thing, mm. and it's unique. And it and it tells a story there's a progress to what you're talking about them the thing that you talked about with them last time they comment on what's been going on since then when you talk to them again later on and they're like oh hey you're back you know that thing that i was telling you about last time well i, yeah. I figured out i couldn't do that you know they go into that kind of depth mm -hmm. so that is a type of polish where when you when you see npcs in uh, cyberpunk you you want that kind of a situation you want to be able to talk to the, to a person and talk to them over and over and over again and get different outcomes each time but have those outcomes representative of like hey you know you're kind of bugging me like red dead redemption does a great job of this they should really look at red dead redemption to see Mm -hmm. When you greet people multiple times, Arthur is like, hey, how you doing? And they're like, good. How are you? And you're like, all right, good. And he's like, so what are you guys up to? And they're like, uh, nothing. Why? And he's like, oh, okay, never mind. And that's three interactions. And then that's yeah. it. That's, yeah. that's done. You can't, you can't greet them anymore. But you had a discussion. And, it, and right. it came to a resolution. And you don't see that with any of the NPCs that aren't story characters. And even with the dialogue options that you get in this game, you can go back and play those over again, which is nice if you missed it, you weren't paying attention, but it feels weird that it's just like, all right, you're just a you're just a, a, a system. You're just a, a, a program in this world, in this matrix. 
and I am picking the choice to hear what you have to say. It doesn't feel like a cinematic system that's in place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, and I wish that we had something like that. Yeah, I agree for this. I agree. Yeah. And the, that other system, it's not perfect, but it, it is a lot better. It is a lot better. Yeah. In fact, it's so good that when I loaded up Red Dead Redemption 2 for the first time and my mother happened to be visiting, actually, she was living with us because they they uh, went through a hurricane. This is a year and a oh, half ago because they were up in the panhandle and that, mm. that whole area got hit with, with a big hurricane. Uh, but they lived with yeah. us for like a month and a half or so just because they needed a place to go. Um, but right. I, I got Red Dead Redemption 2, loaded it up on the PlayStation 4 uh, Pro, uh, mm. not even my PC because it wasn't out for PC yet. And loaded up and started playing it. And my mom, my mom, who's like 64, 65 years old, says, wow, this looks like a moving picture. And I said, mom, who says moving picture? And she's like, well, you know, like a movie. And I'm like, your generation doesn't even use the phrase moving picture. I was just like, why, why did you just say movie? Like, like you're talking like somebody older than you. You're talking like somebody like your parents' age. Um, anyway, I thought that was hilarious. Um, but this yes. This looks like one of them talkies. <laughs> like who uses that phrase uh, well shooky dang darn um yeah anyway uh but yeah let's why don't we move into the middle of the show because we've got some really cool stuff to talk about with this reddit post and uh we've got some patrons to thank all right here we go and here we are in the middle of the show with our big thank you for our patrons. In fact, this week we get to call out patrons over the last 30 days who have signed up to help support the show. And so we've got a little bit of a list here. Uh, Trevor, and, uh, I'm sorry, Trevor L, Jesse, Ricardo G, Julian R, and Anna T. Thank you very much for joining the Patreon. Some of you guys are even uh, our upgraded patrons. And so you will be able to join us at the end of the month for our chat, which is going to be super exciting. And remember last month, we were, we're just, last month was just like last week when we were we're talking uh, with our patrons about like we need we need some we were talking about all the badass ladies in cyberpunk and we we're like we need some women in here to kind of fill in the female perspective for a bunch of dudes well we're gonna have some female perspective next month so that is super awesome so thank you good thank you to our patrons we, we're looking forward to chatting with all of you if you want to help support the show check out patreon.com cyberpunk lorecast for the two different tiers that you can sign up for and you can get ad free episodes and you can even sign up to join us at the end of the month um also i'm pulling this up right now while, I'm, while we're chatting we've got some uh, new reviews in um, two new reviews that have showed up uh, recently. We have, um, let's see, back a few weeks, we had Thanatos572 who, wrote, who writes, you know I love this podcast. Hey, robots, I finally figured out how to leave a review. I think by now you know how much I enjoy this podcast. Toasty. Toasty, our patron who joins us on the episodes <laughs> and who's probably in chat right now still because I see his, his name in there currently. Uh, Toasty, thank you for that for that review. Th th these reviews really do help because they let people know that the show is still active. It's still good. Uh, and it also helps, helps us show up in a uh, search. So and then we have another one uh, that came in just a few days ago. Amazing five stars from Chef Robert K in the United States says started with the fallout lore cast and then found this gem from robots always well made and a great way to pass time at work. Awesome. Well, I'm glad we can help you get through your work day because I know that I rely on podcasts for that as well. 
and yeah, <laughs> Logan does too. Uh, so many of us do. Oh, yeah. And uh, that's that's high praise. The fact that you would choose us to, to be listening to um, is is wonderful. So thank you to everyone who takes the time to share this with your friends and leave reviews, and especially those of you who are patrons helping to support the show. All right, let's move on with the rest of the show. Have you ever wondered how deep the Elder Scrolls lore rabbit hole goes? Have you got a grasp of the basics and want to find out more about the universe? Written in Uncertainty is here to help you. We'll be mixing in philosophy, theology, and whatever other theory is useful with Elder Scrolls texts to untangle some of the biggest questions in the series, like what are Dragon Breaks? How does Chim work? Where did the Dwemer go? And more. Check us out at writteninuncertainty.com or find Written in Uncertainty on any podcatcher. Thanks for listening and catch you later in the grey maybe of Tamriel. So this uh, article came out today about a Reddit post that was posted last night. And I happened to notice the post last night. Uh, Logan noticed this uh, this morning, shot me a thing. And I was like, yeah, man, I totally saw this. This is awesome. We need to talk about it. Um, so here, I'll give you the little the little recap from the beginning of the Forbes article. This is from Forbes.com. And they start out by saying, one of the great mysteries of the release of Cyberpunk 2077 was that after much discussion about how life paths would determine the course of the story, as they do in many RPGs, in the end, Cyberpunk had close to no effect on... Uh, or Cyberpunk's life paths had no close to no effect on the game at all. The sum total of the entire life path idea was a different 10 minute introductory mission, one 30 second to five minute side mission relating back to that first mission and different dialogue options occasionally that did not actually change the story in any way. We've addressed this on previous episodes of the show. It seems like a big thing that they were talking about that amounted to very little other than just maybe some flavor text and a few little things you could do here and there. So there may be a reason for this, and it may have to do with the fact that this game was rushed out. And there is a user on Reddit who has a theory about this. And I'm going to read th- uh, their words are going to do this better than than mine. And this is from a user named VVEEVEEVEEVV. I don't know how to pronounce that. <laughs> who writes? And this is this is a little long, but just go with me here. I was thinking about the recent post on here about how after Act 1, we don't have any characters talking to anybody else but V. The main story companions, Judy, Pan Am, and Takamura, never meet once outside of an ending, never acknowledge each other's existence in dialogue, and really don't know each other exist at all outside of their own separate quest lines. Interesting. Especially, uh, side note, uh, with games like The Witcher 3, where some of those characters are met in different things going on in the game and then will cross paths later in the game during other events, which is interesting. Uh, and it led me to this thought. What if they and their quest lines are all basically just recycled life path content? This is why we have a nomad friend, a street kid friend, and a corpo friend. Pan Am's questline was likely all related to the nomad life path, which is why you never set foot in the city with her once after you first meet. Judy's was the street kid, hookers and human trafficking and creepy back alley, alley docks, and Takamira 
and possibly Meredith Stout as well before she was introduced from a main character to uh, before she was reduced from a main character to a one mission optional character were Corpo. That's why each of the three just so happened to neatly, neatly fit into one of the same three life paths that were given. It also explains why each of their quest lines feels unrelated and also like things are just getting started when you've when you're done with each one but then it's time to push the ending button of your choice and pause because there's more to this that's totally how it feels right yeah like you finish each one of those sections and you're like okay we're getting started and then you finish another one we're getting started and you finish another one and you're like okay cool we're getting started and then it's like this is the beginning of the end of the game <laughs> yeah and you're like oh really like it, it feels like it's too soon, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I I actually so uh, Paul Tassi, big Destiny guy, uh, made the wrote up an article about this post, kind of detailing his feelings on it, and pretty much reflects a lot of what uh, the redditor posted, but also kind of collates that with his own experience. So I actually responded to him on Twitter. I wanted to read my tweets because I I put the work into it. Um, and I, I wanted to start off. So I wrote in and I said, I agree with the theory. I'm pretty sure that Goro would have been the main corpo pass since you spend most of the game building a relationship with him to get to Hanako Arasaka. It's a tough pill to swallow that they had to get the game out prior to the next gen releases. Outer Worlds is a great example of how, how to have hidden branch branching paths and support multiple endings. And you can see some of that with, uh, with Patrick Mills who used to work for Obsidian. He was actually one of the Quest uh, writers for, for the actual game, Quest designers. The groundwork is there, but I think Witcher game games time uh, spooked, or I, I think Witcher's game time, the, the amount of time it takes to finish the game, spooked them to cut the, the design aspect of it. And I do think that it's a great, or I do think it's great that re regardless of what life path you get, uh, you, you get exposed to these characters and storylines, and it's one of the best features the game has. If anything, I still stand by my feelings on the gangs needing to be factions with reputations similar to Fallout games. Uh, there's light at the end of the tunnel with the DLC provided they've given the time to work on it. They need to flesh out different districts that are lacking in story and add emergent gang wars for replayability. Had this been a single player game with a 30 hour story, it would have been chef's kiss. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, you know, it will be, uh, it's hard to ever know if this is true without somebody coming out and saying, no, you guys are actually really close. This is very similar to what, what actually happened. Um, but it, it may lend some credence to this if when we get the DLC, it appears like some of those quests were reworked main story quest lines that were just repopulated with other results or other characters, that, you know, or, or something, you know, like you could take, you know, like replace thing a with thing b and it could have been having to do with the chip and fighting arasaka you know like i don't know but i guess we'll have to see on that the the one thing that really kind of makes me question this theory is some of the interactions that you have with river and carrie because if, if you had picked nomad street kid or corpo it's hard to see where those characters should have fit in because main for story. The most part, but what if they were the main story characters? They don't feel fleshed out enough, though. But maybe that's, that's the, the part that got cut. Maybe that maybe they are 
they are the uh, appendix of the digestive system, right? Like they they would have had stories that were more in line with the other part of the game that got cut, but they were able to use little bits from that. Like wh- like think about it like this. Like you ha- you spend a lot of time with Pan Am and Judy and their potential romantic characters. But the others it, like it's it doesn't feel this the scope is not the same no it's definitely not but i i, I struggle to feel where because river is such a, a one-off situation like if you don't you, you could probably go most of the game and not actually run into river and have that interaction mm-hmm. uh depending on what path you decide to choose on but if you play the game chances are you're going to run into pan am and judy you've already you definitely oh, I, run into judy i think you have to i think you have to but yeah but like with river and carrie they feel like if i hadn't wandered out to go meet up with carrie i probably wouldn't have really noticed them and i and i'm struggling to remember because i feel like carrie might have been at afterlife at one point and met with rogue i can't remember how that interaction went but mm-hmm. it's it it feels like they're very much the side story and the main story was the corpo life path that you you play through and you just run into carrie or river uh, as you're going along the the thing that the thing that makes me wonder what they would have done if they had had the time is some of the discussion that they had really early on before the game was launched they talked about the quest design being so that you would dip in and out and come back and i feel like when they were talking about how you would you would branch off to one side story and then it would come back and influence the main quest line i think that is exactly what they're talking about with pan am Uh, Pan Am in the Nomads is a perfect example because she's one of the endings and you dip out, you go do Nomad stuff as a Nomad. And when you come back in, she has access to the Basilisk. She has access to the Aldecados and to get into Arasaka Tower. And when I look at the other options, I'm struggling to find where that through line is. You, You don't have Judy help you get to Arasaka. That's just one path, and when it stops, it stops. And then when you when you go down with Goro, it's the same situation. Like he dies, or you could save him, mm-hmm. but that ends very abruptly. And then you just have to go meet up with Hanako uh, Arasaka to decide how you're going to deal with that. So I, I feel like the the Aldecados, the Nomad Life Path, was the one that was really had the most time and investment in it because it's mm-hmm. the one that directly impacts as you go out and come back in with that quest line to the ending of the game like they definitely inter- intersect whereas with judy i feel like there's something still missing there like i feel like her leaving uh night city would have been one of the things that was the ending of the game like she helped you there was something to do with the the going diving that you came back you you resolved to, to attack arasaka or get into arasaka she helped you hack in and she was your new t-bug in getting into night in getting into uh arasaka tower mm-hmm. and then once that was all said and done that's when she's like i'm out i've lost uh parker i don't have anyone here the clouds is doing good it's no longer under control of the tiger claw and i'm gonna peace and then that was how that goes 
and then you've got the corporate life path with Goro, yeah. uh, Hanako and, and going up into space. So that one feels a little more fleshed out. Um, but I really do feel like Judy, like the street kid, their street kid life path was just really shorted on development time based on all this. And maybe, and maybe it was like, what if, what if one of those three was meant to be your main companion that you used to, to go get Hanako or to go infiltrate Arasaka with? Yeah. And it like, should have been. what if, what if you, based on your life path, got paired up with one of those three? So if you were a corpo, you got Takamura, who you end up doing that with basically. Right. But what if you would have gotten Pan Am or Judy? It, it makes sense. They're both capable of being helpful in those situations. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting thought. I, you know, I have a feeling there's a bunch of stuff that's just on the floor, on the cutting room floor that you know it it definitely feels cut up i mean that's it's very clear that that this is all cut up and 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 waste now were you never supposed to be able to do like if you were a nomad were you never supposed to go off and do quests with judy or if you I think so like i think that should have been the way it went i mean I really it, it may have been like and that's and that's the thing is that you know and if that was the case then they would have needed more filler for main mainline story content so is that where all the <sighs> other characters come in that's that, but I'm going to push back and say, no, they don't need I'm that to say, I don't think they you needed think the that. whole I story think... would have been Judy's quest line and then the ending without uh, well, it... and side quests. caveat to that and side quests. caveat to that. I, I will say that if Judy had been fleshed out the way I feel that Pan Am. Well, okay. Is... Wait, wait, let's, let's back up. Let's, let's do Pan Am. Do you think that there's enough because Pan Am's quest line is fleshed out? For the most part yes do you think i do had the story been intro pan, like i'm a nomad nomad intro the, you know you you attack the tower you get the chip right all that stuff then yeah. side quests and pan am story and then ending that that would have felt like a full experience yeah i would have and and i and i i really wish they had done that because it, it would have felt concise it would have felt plotted because when you interact with her, there are gaps of time that you have to wait before she'll hit you up again. Yeah. And that's enough time for you to wander back into Night City, do side quests, right. and then get hit back up to get pulled back out. And it keeps dipping you in and out of that quest line right. as you're going along until the very end when you have to get that progress to get with the Basilisk and get to get the, the Alicados. Mm-hmm. Like they bring you into the clan and then you attack Arasaka and then you make your choice and then you go off to Arizona with like that is a full game story right there right that little chunk right there you could split that off and what this does is that it breeds the opportunity for replayability that's the thing that they've touted when they were when they were working on the game is having that that smaller shorter play session to be able to play the game multiple ways and i think that's how it should have been that's why you picked the life path because you were going with nomad you'd meet pan am you'd have a full story and then you'd restart the game as a, uh, a street kid and you'd meet uh parker and you'd meet judy and you'd have you'd free the the clouds city of, of tiger claw rain they would build out more to get you up to the point where you felt comfortable attacking arasaka you would have the resolution judy would say goodbye you would be free to do what you want as uh the you know like the new fixer mm-hmm. of of the afterlife and have it have that and then you'd have you'd go and you'd play the game over again as a corpo and right. you'd have that full flesh out story where it dipped you in and dipped you out and took you into the hanako uh, story and brought you out and then back and forth and then it completed that way and you became like the head of Arasaka or something, or you defeated uh, Arasaka, you know, or a rival corp, 
you know, you get hired at yeah. the end as a, as you know, the CEO of Militech or something, you know, like, who yeah. knows? And, yeah. And each, each story only needed to be maybe 20 hours worth of gameplay, but you stack those three together and you get 60 hours of gameplay, which for most people was enough to complete most of the stuff in the game. A lot of us, you know, we're sitting on 150 hours, you know, that's fine. But for the most part, it felt like they should have committed to that. They should have really fleshed out the other two life paths and they should have kept it segregated so that maybe you understood who those characters were. And there was a little bit of, you know, interaction with some of them just to be like, oh, I kind of wonder what that life is like next time around. I'm going to go check out and see what Judy's up to because yeah. she seems interesting, yeah. but I don't really get to interact with her. Right. And it solves the issue of Judy being the only, say, uh, gay female uh, potential romantic partner and like if you if you don't pick street kid well what if you're playing as a gay female like you don't have a romantic partner but assuming that they had more time to develop the game then there would be more quest lines with like side quests where you'd meet other potential potential romantic partners just like you know the fact that there's only like what four joy toys in the whole game like yeah it's a huge city why is there only four because well that's yeah. all that they made it doesn't mean that they yeah. you know but there should be more you know, why are there only yeah. so many shops that you can go up and, and actually sh interact with? Well, because they cut that part out because they didn't have time to develop it. Yeah, it's clear that they're that they had they had the, the drive to make a lot of those doors in Night City unlocked with stuff in them with the interaction and that was one of the discussions that you and i had forever ago when we were contemplating things on the game like how much could they feasibly let you run around in this world you know uh, we were talking and you said hey you know you're you could run through every building and open every door but are you going to find anything interesting in there and i was like yeah you know you're right i probably wouldn't i don't necessarily need that but looking at how many locked doors there are in night city it's clear that they really did want to have a lot of accessibility in this city in these buildings and to find find out most of them are locked that is an arbitrary thing that they put into the game because they didn't flesh it out they didn't have time to build that up and that's it's gut-wrenching i can imagine as a developer to sit there and be like yeah. you mean i have to cut out all of this right. this entire district is just going to be completely bland yeah. like uh i'm trying to remember what the 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 sixth street gang district oh yeah yeah that, the whole district it's like why even go there it's so boring yeah it's so boring it's not appealing to look at it just looks like a broken down suburbia in the ghettos and you're just like oh, i don't really want to be here there's nothing interesting here there's i think there was quests there was one for, quest line i did over there that i was like oh this one's cool but otherwise was i was the, like oh, why am i here was it the one that had a whole bunch of joy toys being murdered mm, that was the uh which one was it now oh you know, you know what you know what it was one it was uh i think it was delamain no it was because of my choices in how i played the game is what made it interesting it's not because the quest itself oh. was interesting i had to escort somebody a doctor but i was playing uh, as yeah. this murderous tyrant and so i ended up fighting like the entire freaking gang on this mm -hmm. rooftop area in order to get the doctor to this one specific location um and try to keep him alive yeah uh, and then that became like actually interesting and difficult. Um, mm -hmm. but it's not what I intended. <laughs> I mean, it's not what the game necessarily intended to happen there. Um, that's fair. Yeah, no, that was my, that's my fault game. Um, <laughs> so but yeah, so yeah. Th 
that's what I would like when 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 I hear this and when people say like, oh, well, I want a huge open world RPG to spend spend a bunch of time in. I'm like, cool. But I'm also OK with there being a new game plus mode that just kind of opens the world up for all, like that, like the game that we have right now. This should be the no the the new game plus where everything is open to us. It doesn't matter what life path you are, but the first life path you pick should be a separate story that is just completely its own that ties really well into your into your life path and really kind of foster that that sense of what it is to be a street kid and then when you go into new yeah. game plus yeah it has that rhythm to go down it has the rhythm you're yeah. talking about about like going in and out of that while while going back to night city and exploring some of the side quests and some of the mission other missions and things and then pulling getting pulled back into that world and then having to go to do all our other stuff again yeah yeah well here here's my here's my whole consensus on this my whole thought mm. to wrap this up is one well i guess two thoughts my first thought is what's the dlc going to be and are they going to be able to do it better is it going to actually feel like it's paced right and it's right or are we going to get like repurposed missions like i hope it's the first thing i hope it's yeah. more of the first and not more of the second and if they're going to repurpose missions then just add them into the game at this point build it out but you know put them in the main part of the game not as a dlc not as like a separate thing like that it wasn't originally intended for like if you've got more missions in a specific zone with some really cool story bits add it in there when you know like and yeah maybe maybe take out the bits that change the actual main story of the game but like you know like if you got some cool stuff some cool characters and you, you can kind of fit them back in maybe fit them back in i don't know this isn't a full-fledged idea my second thought is all those doors you're talking about that you can't open and stuff. What a wonderful set piece for a multiplayer world where you can have all sorts of different events and different locations and different places people can purchase to live in and all sorts of places for people to occupy in this gigantic city in order to interact with each other in a multiplayer game. Because now you can use all those locked doors. I would love if they developed a system that really took advantage of the culture in night city right now everything feels bland because all the npcs are the same npcs you see everywhere they're all copied and they're all pasted and it's all based on proximity what i would love and this was something that i didn't realize i wanted until i saw it but the opening kind of gameplay that they showed when they were trying to show off miles morales for the playstation 5 was this scene where miles is coming out with his buddy uh who i think is ned and they were walking through the street of brooklyn and there was a festival going on in the city in the street in the middle of the street just a bunch of pop-up tents with a bunch of people cooking stuff and selling wares and whatnot and it was populated mm -hmm. there are a couple places like that in in night city and if i had my druthers i would ask that night that they take a look at what they've built with some of those uh pop-up street vendors street markets and expand that around the the actual game um there's a couple out where the voodoo boys are that's really really great it feels really bustling uh there's a couple in japantown as well there's a couple yeah. uh in in different areas and we need events like what you're talking about to be stuff like that where 
it obstructs parts of the city because they're shutting down the streets and there's just a bunch of marketplaces going on. And that's where you get really, really rare crafting uh, weapon skills or, or that's where you pick up really interesting clothing, really yeah. unique clothing, new cosmetics. Uh, that's where you can go and actually pick up unique uh kind of gold plated gorilla arms if that's what you want you know like right. really really build up the world like take, weird take characters that are unique and only yeah. in one spot because they have some of yeah. those but they're only so many yeah people coming into night city from different areas that are bringing different things to the world and you're just like i didn't know that th that they had these kind of mantis blades in africa these are beast i right. want these right. things right. And, you, and you get them installed because they have this event that's going on down in on, on the coast with the voodoo boys and they're they're having family members uh come you know distant relatives from africa that have been staying there for a while mm -hmm. and they're bringing their culture into night city it's a melting pot take the city build it up build events like this add unique cosmetics for dlc and have things like that that are on a cycle you've got a day cycle you have times and days take advantage of that have stuff set up on schedule so that you know if i want to cheat time and i want to skip forward into the future excuse me into the future um then that's my prerogative i can do that but at least give me the opportunity to have weird stuff like that show up in the game because that's what's going to make me feel like this world is alive you yeah. want it to be alive yeah. show me that you want it to be alive or if it's uh, tied to a multiplayer connection like an online multiplayer connection then tied yeah. to the international clock or something you know like and then now you can't skip time it's just whatever the multiplayer you know thing is or, or even do events like that like uh like yeah. like we were talking about red dead redemption 2 they've been having a lot of those exotic creature events that have been tied to twitch mm -hmm. and people have been going on and hunting these exotic creatures out in red dead redemption 2 online it's a separate thing from the main story you just log into it but it's the same world it's the same yeah. system yeah the map like, is pulled from the main map yeah, yeah. i mean it, it find out how to do it talk to rockstar if you have to but do something that allows me to believe that what you're doing is not glazing over the issues that you're doing right now that you want to invest the time as much as we want to invest the time i will pay for the dlc i will buy the second game i i, I will spend the money that I, i've already bought this game two times now i'm looking to get <laughs> yes. it a third yeah uh, <laughs> right i'm i'm going to pick it up for the i'm going to pick it up for playstation as soon right. as it gets back on the store because i have a, a slim and i just want to see what it plays like on the slim but this is the thing that I, I want them to do invest in this game the way you say you're going to and prove to me that you're wanting to make this game a live game a, a game that feels like the world is is acting on its own even if i wasn't there if i wasn't there the game should still be acting as if yeah. it was doing its own day-to-day -day thing right right yeah when i got to chinatown the first time and i saw how dense, dense that was with people and places to go and i was like wow i can't imagine how big this city must be if every zone is this dense with stuff going on and then it's like well yeah. no, there's only a few places that are actually like that and it's like oh all right um but yeah, that would be nice. And well, here's the other thing. You put out a multiplayer update for this two years from now, and you put in cosmetics that people can buy with their cold hard cash, and they look freaking amazing. Guess what people are going to do?
are going to buy them because the aesthetic of the game is such a main piece of this. And if they're in a world where they can show off their aesthetics with other people, they will grind quest events. They will grind, you know, yearly events and they will spend a little bit of extra cash to get the exact car to look exactly how they want and have their character tricked out exactly how they want and and be able to look awesome with their friends and form their own gang or be part of their own corp or or whatever like this has so yeah. much potential you just have to put it out there yeah fallout 76 is doing an amazing job with this right now they're doing so yeah. well at building content releasing it through events having people purchase it with real money you want this game to be a cash cow it has the potential you gotta invest the way that we want it to be invested in you have to listen keep listening to the modders keep listening to our podcast uh don't listen to the mainstream people who are not invested in it the way we are they'll pop in when you do an event and then they'll dip back out we're the cash cows. We're the whales. We're the ones that are going to be spending our money on those cosmetics that are going to be supporting the game for years to come. Yeah. Yep. Well, there you go. We just solved all the issues in the entire world. Yeah. Oh, so we did it. So good. About we did that. it. I'm ready for pizza. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, CDPR, if you're looking for somebody uh, to hire for, I don't know what job this is, but you know, hey, you got our numbers. We'll help you out. Do they? Do they have my number? Uh, they've got our email and our Twitter account. I don't know if That's they have right. it, but they could get yeah. it because it's on this show and it's in the show notes. So, um, yeah. So that's what we, hey, that, man. That sounds like a good way for people to get in touch of uh, in touch with us too. Huh. Oh, yeah, or just sign on to the Discord. You know, you can talk to us there. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, we got to wrap this up because we've got the Mass Effect Lorecast coming up next in just a little bit. Um, yeah. Logan, what do you? What else do you have going on that you want to call out before we we head out? Um, things are moving along at a steady pace with cyber or with a uh, cyberpunk with cyberpunk with sea of thieves <laughs> as well. Uh, I just finished up the gold hoarder event, the vault hunters that's going on. And so, um, if folks are still out there looking for people to do glitter beard, uh, that is still something that my keelhauled community has taken upon themselves to try and get people, uh, crewed up so that they can experience that. It still takes eight people. It is an amazing event and it is a beautiful tribute to someone who, who, lost their life uh during the last year other than that uh i think that's about it if you want to get a hold of me you can always do so through the discord but if you want to see my weird ramblings and uh <laughs> tweets to paul tassie or uh things like that you can always see uh see that over on twitter at c-a-p-t underscore l-o-g-u-n awesome 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 um let's see what do i have going on uh we've got you know what we have our 10th robots radio rocket club show signed up or nice. person there actually have more shows than that because some of these people are doing multiple shows um dude this is so fun this is the funnest thing in the world to take all the all the things that i've learned from like marketing and making shows and be able to get together with this group every week and talk to them about like here's how to use social media here's how to get the best audio out of your your sound equipment here's how to like how, here's how to structure your podcast here's how to figure out what your you know your target audience is all of this stuff and they're they're killing it they are killing it many of these shows have only been out for a few weeks and they already have higher than like the average listeners for podcasts across all podcasts like Average, average, you know, they put out average numbers every year with some of these, like, um, some of the companies that work on this stuff. And they're like, the average podcast has this many, many viewers or listeners. And these guys are killing it. It's amazing. So, um, it's so much fun to work with everybody. So, uh, I've, I decided, you know what, we're just going to 
take on anybody else who wants to join us. I can always add an extra hour every week to have extra time to do this. Um, it's it's really taken off. So if you're interested in that, check out robotsradio.net uh, rocket dash club slash rocket dash club, or just go to that page and look for the link at the top. Um, I love I love working with you guys. It is so much fun. Uh, and some of you are in chat right now. <laughs> hey guys, um, but that's mostly what I've got going. I'm I'm focusing a lot on that. I have a separate YouTube channel also called the Podcast Professor, and I'll put a link for that in the show notes. And it's a tiny little baby channel, but I'm putting up videos with tips for people looking for some information about getting started podcasting. So even if you don't want to sign up and be mentored, you can still get some of the info that I've been sharing on there. Um, so it's a wonderful resource for you guys as well. And other than that, a bunch of other shows, including the Mass Effect Lorecast. We're on episode three already. It feels like we just started and now we're already three episodes in. So we'll be doing that in about 15 minutes. So please stick around chat. We'll be back in just a little bit. Um, but Logan, thanks again, as usual. Thanks for all yeah. the, the perspective, especially on the console side of this, because I don't have the console version. Um, it's, it's good to get that perspective. It's okay. It's okay. I understand. <laughs> and um, chat, thank you for, for tuning in. Listeners, if you have any thoughts on this patch, if you have any experiences that are different than ours, please let us know. Send us some messages on Twitter or on the Discord. Let us know your thoughts on this. And I, and I especially um, love the conversations that happen in there. And even all the screenshots. You guys are still putting lots of cool screenshots in the Cyberpunk uh, 2077 screenshot uh, ch channel. So love that stuff. All right. We're going to get going. I'm going to do the little away thing on Twitch. And I'll be back in about 15 minutes with the Mass Effect Lorecast. Thanks, Logan. Thanks, everybody. Bye. See you later. Thanks for tuning in to the Cyberpunk Lorecast. This show is a part of the Robots Radio Network, smart podcasts for interesting people. If you'd like to help support the show, please tell a friend and leave a five-star review on iTunes. If you'd like to get in contact, please send an email to cyberpunklorecast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at cyberpunklore. Also, join the community on the Robots Radio Discord. The link is in the show notes. The music on the show was written and performed by The Midnight and was used with their permission. Go check them out at themidnightofficial.com. Until next time, stay safe in Night City. We'll talk to you later. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. In a world where solid-state electronics and vacuum tubes are still meta, people never stop loving atomic-powered everything. A chosen 500 stepped inside a subterranean vault to be spared the nuclear horror of the inevitable Great War. 25 years later, they emerge after the fallout settles to retake Appalachia. Among them, two former rivals whose blood feud will tear West Virginia apart in their epic struggle for survival. Chad, a vault bro who has a strength of 15, an intelligence of 2, and is a complete wasteland dickhead. Simon, a complicated anti-hero who chooses light and hope, but accidentally becomes a cannibal and wakes up naked and afraid with a Scorch Beast Queen after a date goes terribly wrong. What?
I mean, it's a wild wasteland, right? This dark humor radio drama will have you driving off the road and crawling out from under the fallout. Two men. One wasteland. And so many nukes. Chad, a Fallout 76 podcast. Rated R. Now streaming on your holotape player podcasty thing. Do you like adventure? Yeah. Do you like laughing? Uh, yeah. Would you like to listen to a group of people you don't know play D&D and reference retro pop culture you vaguely remember? Um... Excellent. You're going to love Committee Quest. We play D&D in the world of Amarin. We use adventure modules and supplements made by people in the community. We also have a sweet synthwave backing track. Come and join us on our adventure. Volume 1 has been completed. Volume 2 coming the end of January. You can find us on iTunes, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts from. How well do you know your video game lovers? Have you ever wondered how your video game bays stack up against all the other delectable digital dates? I'm Genesis, the girl whose motto in life is love, laugh, tequila. And on Two Girls, One Ship, we analyze, rate, and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer. And I'm Vervada, the hopeless romantic cat lady and lifelong gamer. But you should know that our podcast centers on character and romance analysis and doesn't shy away from exploring the fun of physical connection. Or from the deep emotional connections built between two characters, using specific in-game dialogue and the overall narrative journey. So join the two girls, one ship, shipsters, and remember... Beauty is in the eye of the controller.